Ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! What a play! Wade Wise makes the catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! This is the Shoeless Goat Podcast. Brent Brown drops the ball! He drops the ball! Three runs will score! You gotta be paping me! What in the hell are you doing? Hello and welcome back to the Shoeless Goat Podcast, where Cubs, White Sox, and MLB Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I am joined again by the leader of the Southside Rebuild himself, the mayor of Section 509, Patrick Bovard. Pat, how you doing? Uh, I did not expect to hear the words rebuild uh, in regards to the White Sox between the years of 2021 and 2025 or so. The fact that we're getting there is a little frightening, but other than that, you know, I'm uh, doing great. Nice little Memorial Day weekend to hold up with uh, kind of the tail end of COVID. So uh, I guess things could be worse, but they could certainly be better, kind of like the White Sox. Yeah, hence why we were not in uh, studio last week. Glad to see Pat is feeling better. You can tell I sound a little hoarse. Uh, I don't think I have COVID, but I was in Nashville for a bachelor party, so I might as well have it. Third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, my voice is a little hoarse from singing Mr. Brightside seven times <laughs> on different levels of different bars. Hall so. of Fame numbers. <laughs> Absolutely. But we will power through for the people. Um, but in any case, Pat... Let's be honest, uh, it already feels like the dog days of summer and we are recording on May 30th. So I'll leave it to you to, to tell us why on the south side and then we'll get into the Cubs. But I guess a short recap of last week and then maybe a lengthier recap up to the yeah. point where we uh, renewed our run differential bet. I think the theme of this season so far in the last two weeks is I thought I would be having a lot more fun than I am right now because I am not having fun. I guess I'm not having negative fun, but it's just, I don't know. It hasn't been fun, but. It's like replacement level fun, such as a a Yasmani Grandal level of fun. Like this team, it doesn't feel like this should be a 500 team. Like this team, oh God, yeah, Yas, it's been bad. Uh, But I guess before (laughs) we get too off the rails here, which we probably will later in the episode, I'll just go over the last couple weeks. I mean, two weeks ago, not a bad week. Uh, you won a series in Kansas City, three out of five games again. Like you won a series, which is great, but like you feel like you should be beating a last place Royals team more than just winning the series. But in any event, then you went into Yankee Stadium, you lost Saturday, and then you know in what seemed like it should have been a momentum shifter, taking two on Sunday at Yankee Stadium behind Johnny Cueto, I think going six shutout if memory serves, Michael Kopech going six or seven shutout, um, and Tim Anderson hitting that huge home run to put him up at what well, I don't know three run home or whatever it was. Uh, It was a week ago, but, you know, it was a huge moment. Obviously, all the hoopla that went around last week. Uh, It was a big moment for the team that you thought would fire them up and get them going. And then they followed that up by uh, giving up 16 runs to Boston on Tuesday. So I guess that segues into the most uh, the epitome of the I'm not having fun week so far this year outside of the seven game losing streak. But first series against Boston, you lost two games uh, out of the three. But I guess all things considered, uh, Winning one out of three games in a series you got outscored 33 to 11 isn't the worst thing in the world. So, you know, small victories, which, you know, this team shouldn't be having. But in any event, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, that that series were extremely similar. Cease got shelled for seven earned on uh, in three innings on Tuesday, which was just brutal. A game I was supposed to go to but had COVID, so I couldn't. Uh, Bennett Souza gave up five earned runs. Ruiz gave up three. Um, and then Thursday, another game I had tickets to and was supposed to go to, but I had COVID, so I couldn't go. 
Uh, Dallas Keuchel gave up six earned in the last two innings of his White Sox career. The uh, the storied career where he he had to teach a lot of guys how to play in a winning culture before getting DFA'd in year three of the contract. But I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit separately. Um, just brutal series overall, really demoralizing to give up 16 in two out of three games. But on Wednesday, at least the Sox got a good start out of Lucas Giolito. Um, gave up a run in the first, but buckled down after that. And uh, Jake Berger hit a big three-run homer to give him a 3-1 win in that one. So you at least got one out of that series. You didn't let Trevor Story completely murder you, but not the series you wanted. So I know I'll leave the uh, the crosstown for a little bit later, but just in general, just a really, really sour taste in that Boston series to open the week. Yeah, no, I could believe it. Uh, definitely we'll get into that. Uh, you brought up Dallas Keuchel. I don't think it, it really matters when we talk about it in the show, but I think now it seems most appropriate. Okay. Uh, he was initially deemed by the fervent to be the equivalent of the Cubs John Lester signing, which I knew you scoffed at immediately. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. This isn't even the last question of the episode that we haven't told you about, but Ugh. would you go back and sign him again? Or would you pass and save that money for something else? Hindsight being 2020, obviously. I It's really tough because like you said, I never bought the John Lester thing. I hate that comp because they didn't give out the $150 million contract that John Lester got. Maybe if they got Zach Wheeler, we could talk, but they didn't. And here we are. Um, it's tough because obviously the starting pitching uh, target that offseason was Wheeler. They get offered him a contract north of $100 million, And as the story goes, He's his wife wanted to stay on the East Coast. He's in Philadelphia putting up Cy Young numbers last year, and it just wasn't meant to be. The thing is, they needed a starting pitcher going into 2020. I don't think there's any doubt around that. And once Wheeler was off the board, the big three were Bumgarner, who has been uh, not good, Keuchel, who just got DFA'd and has been not good, and Ryu, Ryu who I think has, was good in 2020. I don't, I haven't followed him much, but I don't hate the signing because in all, for all intents and purposes, even as bad as Keuchel has been the last year and a half. 55 million, which is what I think the deal was over three years, is really not bad for a veteran starting pitcher that has a Cy Young on his resume. Like that's that's just what free agent starting pitching costs on the open market these days, good or bad. That being said, you know, obviously the wheel started to fall off in 2020 after he lost that game against Oakland after, you know, you got the near perfect game from Giolito and you thought they were going to be rolling. Um, but it's what it is. You know, you got a top five Cy Young year in 2020 where he had an ERA under two. I don't think you know, that's worth way more than what they were paying in that last year, that year, he had a pretty decent first half of last year until father's day in uh, uh, Houston. And that's really when the wheels started to fall off, not making the playoff roster. And then obviously this year having an ERA of almost eight after two good starts, but I don't know. It's tough because I, I don't I, I want to say his signing at least gave the team some sense of legitimacy. Like the Grandal signing came out of nowhere. That was the big signing of that off season. But like Keiko was a pitcher that other teams were interested in and kind of getting a guy like that to sign here, I think kind of put the wheels in motion. It didn't work out, but I don't think the signing at the time was a bad signing, if that makes sense uh, as my rambling wraps up. Yeah, I think that the team wasn't ready for a Lester type signing. So this was a good, uh, I guess, stopgap or in between signing and they paid him in between money which was good if yep. you gave dallas keichel 150 million there would have been a really big problem um, people would have lost their jobs yeah oh for sure um so uh yeah i'm i was kind of when the signing happened everyone was losing their minds and i was like i just don't think he he has it still i guess his uh his pitch profile still holds up just because he's never was like a, a super super fastball kind of guy 
Um, so I'll chalk this up as like a decent signing. I don't know who to Cubs comp it to. I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll think of like a yeah. Cubs comp to this. This is like when they brought back, um, you know, this is bad radio now. I can't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm make, Maybe I'll just call this the John Lackey signing that um, wasn't as exciting. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, you look, you look at the numbers over the th- year, the three years, 17 and 16 and uh, 49 starts, 257 innings. I mean, obviously, you know, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He gave up a lot of home runs the last two years, but a two, two wars in that two F war in that span with 1.8 coming off him in that top five Cy Young year in 2020. I mean, you probably didn't see him being this bad, but you also probably, I don't think anyone had top five Cy Young guy, albeit in a 60 game season on their bingo card for the contract. So, I mean, 17 million isn't like, that's not a big money deal. Like that's not serious teams do not fret over giving that to somebody. So I don't know. It sucks that this is how it ended, but like, I mean, you could see the writing on the wall. Was it uh, Dallas Keuchel crawled so Johnny Cueto could shimmy or something I, like that? That that does tell you something though. That like literally two really good starts and then a Cub start that was worse that was better than it looked on paper from Johnny Cueto and they are already willing to just be like, okay, Dallas, you're just gone. Like that is all they got out of jo- Johnny Cueto. Basically off the street, pitches three games in the majors, and they're like, oh, we're good. We don't need this guy anymore. Leads me to believe in some of his comments leading up to his DFAing that he's a dickhead, and it made Michael? it super easy, yeah, to see, yeah, to see I mean, him get 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 tossed. That's the problem. Like you can, when a guy talks like that, like you know, in 2020 when it was, I had to teach guys a winning culture. It wasn't what I was used to. I had to do a lot of teaching. When you're top five in the Cy Young voting, you can talk like that, and you might be a dick, but like you're more of like a bulldog or a gamer, or, you know, a grinder out there. You do that when you're putting up an 80 ERA or last year complaining about defensive positioning when you're giving up a ton of homers. Like you, you, just, you can't do it like that. It doesn't work. And then I did love though, Tony, a couple weeks back when uh, Keiko mentioned something along the lines of like, I deserved another inning. Tony just literally said to reporters, like, you know, since I've been here, his him in the sixth inning has not been good. Like just that, that was the response to that for a guy who has been pretty, other than the Yerman thing, pretty non-committal to ripping on his own players. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't have left him in for the six either, just if you look at those numbers, right? So it makes sense. Um, in any case, we'll move on from that. Obviously, it's, it's now it's Cueto's time to shine, which I'm all for, however <laughs> however we get there. Uh, but in any case, Cubs didn't do a whole lot better. Um, and we'll get into why I'm also just not enjoying this season <laughs> whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> but it started off promising about two weeks ago with uh, going 2-1 and one against the Pirates. Probably should have swept. Um, lost by a run, kind of a lethargic uh, game that I attended, um, but should have been a sweep. Then had a couple series wins in a row under their belt, which was great. And then the Diamondbacks came to town. Cubs went one and three, would have gotten swept had it not been for the back-to-back eighth inning homers from Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel, who went on like a nice little homer streak to help the Cubs win a couple series in a row, have since cooled off. Uh, but in any case, not a good showing at home. Take him on the road against the Cincinnati Reds. And for the first two games, it looked like they were doing what they should do against the Reds, which was winning baseball games. They won seven to four and then 11 to four against the Reds. All of a sudden, though, they had a kind of a tough Wednesday, four to three loss. And Thursday, the Reds uh, gave the Cubs a taste of the rest of the league's medicine, I would say, beating the Cubs 20 to five, um, of which should never happen, (laughs) especially I I mean, with that being said, though, even with a 20 to five loss, their run differential is still only negative five. It helps that you get a 21 to nothing win against the Pirates to balance that out. 
Uh, but in any case, um, so they split with the Reds, which is inexcusable. Uh, and then we get the White Sox series, which I'm kind of happy with, but also um, I bet should have also been a sweep <laughs> too. So um, with that being said, yeah, I guess we could, we could dive into that for a second, but I just want to talk about the Cubs being just not only are they not that fun, like from just a winning perspective, they could be one of the most boring teams in in the majors right now. Star power is non-existent. Um, even your your best players kind of lack personality too, so that doesn't help uh, with Kyle Hendricks. I guess um, Stroman has personality, yeah. but he he's. Uh, I mean, he was promising that this team was ready to compete at the beginning of the season, and I think he's quickly discovered that they're not. So it, it's pretty hard for him to keep that energy up. He's doing his best on the mound, though, and we'll talk about him later That with, with that, too. Spoiler. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've got a bunch of tickets this week, and I'm like, man, do I even want to go? <laughs> it's so horrible. It's, it's, it, is, uh, it, it doesn't help they're, like, 11 games back. So that's me rambling about it. I guess I, what I'm getting at before I let you go, and I, I will let you go eventually, okay. is that I should have been excited going into a, a White Sox weekend, and then someone at work had to tell me that it was happening. So that's really bad. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, I, I'm sure you get the vibe from, yep. from Cubs Nation. Yeah, two's company there. Uh, it's been a rough go of it so far. But I think one thing I was talking about with my parents today uh, over dinner, which I hadn't even thought of, is MLB has a marketing conundrum with the Field of Dreams game this year being between the Cubs and the Reds. Like that, I have heard nothing of that game. And it's like, I mean, I know it's still what, like two-ish months away, but like that is a tale of two seasons there, that game. Yeah, no, that's it's truly awful. Like they had a Cubs Cardinals London series that was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's being made up at some point. Why in the world did they think that the Reds were the choice? I mean, the Cubs were like, eh, maybe it's they'll be okay, Iowa. maybe they'll compete. I guess, but like, I mean it's, I think St. Louis is probably closer to Iowa yeah. than, than Cincinnati is. Um, and I don't know. I just think that, like, from a marketing standpoint, you got to pick two teams that people wanted to watch. I think last year you had to do the Sox yeah. because of the movie and everything like that. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it points to the sky. Um, and then the Yankees will get the best draw. So that was, like, the smart play. Yeah, you but, think maybe uh, Cubs, you do the Dodgers. I don't know. Maybe they were going for the angle of like, okay, well, the Sox were the the team in the World Series the year before. So then the Reds, who won that World Series, right? It was against the yeah, Reds. Yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. But you have a team that doesn't want to spend any money in the Cubs. I'm saying the Cubs yeah. don't want to spend any money, don't want to put a really competitive team out. And then an owner of another team that says, go watch something else. Or like, it's yeah, like nothing, what? nothing helps back up a movie that's like all romantic about the emotional bond parents, children, whoever it is, have about baseball with each other. Then one of the two teams being their owner saying, like, what else are you going to do if we don't spend money? Like, it's just you can't make that up. Yeah, again, I think the winner is Iowa. I think that's oh, yeah. like the, the, the takeaway. But they were bigger winners last year. And oh, yeah. it was a great game. And I don't care how good the game goes with yeah. Cubs and Reds. Like, I... I I, maybe I'll watch it. I mean, I'm going to try to watch it, but like if I'm working, I'm not going to record it, yep. you know? Yep. 
But anyway, that's the end of my Cubs rant. I'm still going to go to games. I'm still going to have beers and, you know, get excited about home runs. But, like, I have gotten to the point where, like, a home run gets hit and, like, people sitting in front of me stand up. And I'm kind of in my head. I'm like, sit down. You know, it's just <laughs> like, it's so bad. I just, I don't know. I need them to make just a run to be competitive mid-July. I sound like a whiny dick right now. But, like, this team is is really hard to watch. Yeah, I I feel you. Probably I'm. I don't know. This team should be better for the Sox, but like I'm probably, I don't know what, four years past where you're at right now based on the rebuild uh, uh, timeline. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, you've just started a new one. So oh, uh, I, I can, but it might happen. <laughs> I, okay. If they, I, that would break me as a professional sports fan. If, yeah. Especially what we've talked about on the show before. It's just like, please just try to compete. <laughs> if you, if it, I, I'm not, I'm going to, I see the timer. I'm going to give myself 10 seconds. If the reward for losing intentionally for most of a decade is two playoff game wins, I, I think I'm done. Yeah, that, that would, that'd be enough to send me away as well. Um, but in any case, let's talk about when these two lovely fun teams played each other this weekend. Again. Yeah, I will, uh, I will start with, uh, the Saturday victory was five to one in favor of the Cubs. Not a whole lot of offense from the Southsiders in front of their home crowd. Keegan Thompson, uh, probably like he hasn't been player of the week yet, but consistently Cubs MVP like week in and week out without putting up really insane numbers. Uh, he went five innings and only gave up one run, and the Cubs bats did the rest. Um, it was actually a, a somewhat of a clean game as opposed to the next game. So, um, but. I was very excited because not only did we have a win from Keegan Thompson, but we were going into Sunday with a chance at a, a sweep with Stroman on the mound, who's been pitching very well as well. So it looked pretty good. If you want to give me an update on uh, Sunday, though, you can see why I wasn't as pumped as I should have been. Yeah, so Sunday I, Sunday was a weird game, I think is the best way of putting it. Like Dylan Cease was fantastic. He had five strikeouts, which wasn't great for him, but seven innings, no earned runs, two hits. Like that's about as good as you can ask from Dylan Cease, especially coming off that tough start against the Red Sox. Tim Anderson left the game with a probably significant groin injury, making a throw to first on into his left. So that's, you know, obviously we'll talk about that, but that's not fun. Um, and then, I mean, Marcus Stroman pitched well too. Really? Like the, the White Sox offense, like just didn't show up for the first 19 innings of the series. Like what? Bottom of the ninth, David Robertson comes in and they score on the wild pitch offense. Um, you cheats hit the the shift double down the third baseline, and then AJ Pollock came around to score on a wild pitch. So the offense didn't even show up there. And then you go into extras, and it's basically tit for tat for four, was it four innings? It went into the twelfth. Uh, yeah, you got the tenth like inning. Cubs scored one, and then uh, Morell had that huge single to drive in the second run, which in extra innings, you know, is everything. And then the Sox came back and got two runs there after not hitting the ball at all for basically a week. So that was, you know, pretty cool. 11th Cubs got one back. Sox, then Angle hit a single to, to get, get him back. And then Lurie almost won it on that bunt that it then got called out running into the, the play at first, which was the right call, but just kind of a weird thing, basically the polar opposite of the Grandal playoff call last year. And then they finally scored in the 12th. Uh, Jake Berger hit that walk-off single. So, like, I want to say this could be a spark. They came back off the Crosstown Rivals. They won, but I said that last week against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So, I don't know, but at least like, thank God they got a win out of that series. Cause I was getting like, just fed up with how the offense was looking. It just, it's just like th this team was not constructed to score one run against this Cubs team with all due respect to Marcus Stroman and the other pitchers in 17 innings. 
Like that was not how this team was built. Yeah, and the way the Stocks have been playing, the one nothing lead in the ninth, I was like, sweep, break out the brooms. One run seems insurmountable. It's insane. Yeah. So I was I was very bummed that the the Cubs lost that game. Um, I also yeah I was I was watching uh, the tail end of it for sure, um, and it was just kind of like I said a boring game. Cubs get their only run unearned, right? So their offense is doing what it's been doing, but they were winning the game. And then yeah, we we've got the redemption story with with Robertson, you know, coming back on the mound to close out the White game. White Sox legend. Yeah, exactly. It was it was perfect, uh, but but not to be so. I don't know. I would have. I would have loved that sweep there. That would have made me feel better because then you would have a, you know, a four and a four and two week, and then we're all excited, right? Uh, four and two week sweep the White Sox, but not to be. But in any case, I think it's time we moved on. That was just an ugly series all around, um, and now we're talking about a lot of baseball left to be played. I know we've been pretty morose and pretty downtrodden yeah. and using a lot of big words now, but uh, with that being said, like I think that there is hope. But it's not gonna. The excitement is not gonna be initiated from the fans. It has to come from the teams. Yep. Oh yeah. At this point, like I like, I don't know the White Sox. If they, I, I mean, they. What, what is the, What was the stat I saw? I think it was from a. I saw it from Jesse Rogers on Twitter, but I'm. I saw other people tweet it as well. They have had 22 straight games within one game or even with 500. So basically, a plus minus one game differential between 500 for 22 straight games which is the sixth longest streak of its kind in MLB history. Like just the definition of mediocrity. Yeah, that is the Jeff Fisher of uh, <laughs> of baseball stats. Um, I will say I heard a more, even more disgusting stat today, if you could believe it. Every, sing- every single player who played the first Monday game against the Brewers played for the Iowa Cubs last year. Oh my God. <laughs> so every single one who started oh. is all nine. We're just uh, one-upping each other here with these. Yes, this is so bad. No, and I think Ian Happ was one of them, but he had maybe like okay. a rehab stint or something like that. Like, it's just, I saw that, and the tweet was made with excitement. You know, it was like, hey, guess what, everyone? It's Iowa Cubs Day at the park. I'm like, that is, that is just inexcusable. You understand so, why that's worse, right? Yeah, Suzuki is also now on a retroactive 10-day IL, so ah. that doesn't help either. Um, so anyway, moving on, uh, I guess we'll, we'll do player of the week. Uh, I'll start first. Marcus Stroman, my pick, as I alluded to earlier. He went 1-0, had 12 innings pitched, gave up only seven hits and two runs in those two starts. Probably should have had two wins if the Cubs could – close it out in the ninth, but didn't, and he had a 0.92 whip. So despite all the, uh, I guess, lack of everything, uh, Marcus Stroman gave us something. Uh, like I said, on roll mention to Keegan Thompson, though, going five innings and only giving up one run. Fun stat with him. Uh, he They've won the last four games he's pitched. He started three of those. He is 5-0 and right now, Ooh. so that is kind of exciting. Um, but I actually really do like the fact that he is just – okay with starting a game, coming out of the pen, whatever, he'll figure it out. Uh, I don't know if they'll keep him. Uh, he, he He's like the perfect playoff pitcher. So Tampa uh, Bay's licking its chops looking at him. Truly, I'm surprised that he already wasn't scouted by them. So he, he is the perfect playoff uh, raise pitcher oh, to, yeah. uh, I don't know, I guess to like 
come off the bench when the starter should have gone longer and you bring in Keegan Thompson or something like that. But anyway, alas, Marcus Stroman, player of the week, Keegan Thompson, of course, uh, honorable mention. Who do you got, Pat, for the White Sox? Yeah, so not a, I mean, not really a lot to choose from this week, but I'm going with Jake Berger. I had two homers on the week, including that big one against the Red Sox that gave him a 3-1 win. Um, And then obviously the walk-off single against the Cubs on Sunday. So in general, pretty good week from him. He had six RBIs, two homers, uh, OPS north of one. So overall, you know, he was a pretty big spark this week. The aggregate on the season, his numbers aren't great. He's got a 105 WRC plus, which for a bat first type of guy isn't, you know, exactly what you would want. But I think so far, and especially this past week, he's done a good job of filling in for Yohan Moncada when he's been hurt. Um, and especially with a lot of the guys struggling, like Moncada, Grandal has been awful. I'm a big Grandal guy. We've talked about this a lot. He has been awful this year. Just no, nothing redeeming, and I don't want to get into it that much. But like Pollock has not been hitting great. Abreu is kind of doing better now. But like Harrison has been a, just an absolute offensive sink. I, I really could go on, but like just having guys like Jake Berger come in and doing things like this is huge because to me, that's one of the missing things from this year and last year where you had guys like Billy Hamilton, Brian Goodwin, Jake Lamb um, coming in and kind of not maybe being, you know, obviously all-star caliber players, but really just providing a spark when they needed to throughout the season. That was one of the big differences where you had guys that weren't the star level players, but still contributing to get there. Um, and I feel like Jake Berger has been one of the few this year to do the same. So Kind of nice to get him going there. Obviously, the feel-good story with the injuries there. Um, but definitely a big week for Jake Berger. I really hope we don't have to get on this show in in a couple of years and debate who was the better contract between Dallas Keuchel and Yasmani Grandal. No, dude, that's saying. already settled. It, it has to be. I, I don't know. I really don't. Because <laughs> you had, hey, what do you, all right, maybe we will debate it sooner than later. But, I mean, you had, you know, maybe a – Cy Young candidate one year, but hey. uh, I mean, last year he has had a better WRC plus than uh Salvi, who's a fraud, but uh, I don't know. I the it's just so weird because last year, I mean, I think you remember that stretch where he hit like 160, but he had like a 400 OBP and like all his hits were homers. He's not really walking or hitting for power this year, so I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, theme of the episode, it hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun. Um, I think I know what happened. People just started throwing strikes to Yasmani Grindal. They figured out his one weakness. <laughs> yeah. Keeping the bat on the shoulder. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to talk about here, and this may bring some excitement, but y- your boy AJ Przinsky has very high hopes for this team, despite um, the not fun couple weeks that we've seen. Uh, he predicted that the Cub, or I'm sorry, he would never predict the Cubs were going to win anything. He predicted that the White Sox were going to win the AL Central by 20 games plus. What are your thoughts on that? Is he out of it? Did he take, did the, did the Michael Barrett punch do a little bit more neurological damage than we thought? Well, there's two ways that happens. Either the White Sox are the hottest team in the history of the sport ever to enter the playoffs, which I would like, or they win this division with about 85 games and every other team in the division loses close to a hundred, which, you know, is entirely possible the way everybody outside of Minnesota is looking, but I don't know. I think it was a job interview for him. You know, he called, he got Jerry Reinsdorf's attention. Who was right near the dugout. And it's like, Hey Jerry, the Sox are winning the division by 20 games on the broadcast Saturday too. I don't know if you were listening, but like uh, when he Larusa left Cueto in, he was basically like, I don't know what the hell Tony is doing here. Like this guy needs to be pulled from the game. And then the Cubs scored two more. So, I don't know. He's I, 20 games. He's out of his mind. Like I would just take one game at this point, the way things have been going, but 
the talent level should be a 20 game win in the division, but I, I don't know. It's been, I, it's, it's just frustrating. I don't know. I, I want them to win by 20 games, but if that happens, then I think they're probably going to be like going 12 and 0 in the playoffs because that's how hot they'll have to be to get there. I'll spin zone this, right? They're going to have to, I, I still think they're going to win the division, Yeah, but they're going to have to fight for it at the end and then they'll be playoff ready. How's that sound, Pat? I'd be fine with that. You know, Tony's had a couple of those Cardinals teams. What was it in 06? They won like 83 games or something like that. Yeah. Wild card team. And the, there they won we it go. All. That's, you know, maybe this is what he wants. We don't need a big division winner. We just need a team that knows how to scrap its way there, which especially with Tim Anderson, probably out for an extended period of time. Now they're going to need to do, which is even more depressing than this season has been. But uh, man, this is, I, this episode has not been fun. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the letter S for sad. <laughs> sad sam jones yeah white Sox legend <laughs> uh, anyway that concludes our episode i hope we were we are happier next week i hope we have some win streaks in our in and to talk about and some you know some iowa cubs that just really just tear it up this week uh, but in any case um, we have to end the episode the way we always do with a question pat has not heard and i guess i'll allow you to choose the white Sox. okay but I, I, I kind of want you to pick the second if the White Sox are, in fact, the answer to this question. Okay. But who is the most disappointing team in the MLB so far? Ooh, that's a good one. I think, I mean, I think the White Sox for an outside observer probably have to be the answer. Um, but, yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, let, me, let me pull up the standings here just because I'm not, you know, 100% well-versed in every division. I think – the ones that come to mind uh, would definitely be Boston. I think up until recently had definitely been up there. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, but them being in fourth place by such a wide margin was probably up there. Um, outside of them, though, and let me go to the National League just to try to confirm some of my suspicions. I think you would have to go with, uh, yeah, okay, this is what I was thinking. Um, I think probably the Phillies. I mean, they're seven games under five hundred. I think we both predicted them as playoff teams, just mainly off the backs of that offense and kind of a strong top half of the starting pitching staff with uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, Kyle Gibson. But you could say the Braves, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't think the Braves were going to be blowing people away this year. They weren't really last year until August. So I think the Phillies have to be, I mean, I didn't realize they were 21 and 28. I knew they hadn't been doing well and like Schwarber has been brutal. So I think outside of the White Sox, I'd go with the Phillies. So I had the Phillies actually, um, Winning the World Series, I think, oh, against no, no. against the Blue Jays. So, uh, Blue Jays have not been anything to write home about either. But no. uh, yeah, so I said Phillies. I also said Mariners. Um, oh yeah, are, true. I think nine or ten games back now, um, and just ten and a half. Yeah, not looking good. Um, so that's tough too uh, for the boys in corporate. Um, but I will say, yeah, I had I wrote down Phillies, White Sox, Mariners, and. I guess honorable mention Blue Jays. So I think we're kind of in the same boat here. Um, Cubs, I'll put the Cubs in there too yeah. <laughs> because they're just disappointing me. Anyway, we're going to be happy next week. I swear to God, Pat. Uh, and if you want to skip this episode, for, if you need to be in a better mood, feel free. But you can still hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else you listen to. Pat, let me tell you, uh, sunny days ahead, whether it's because of baseball or not. So thank you so much for joining me once again. And remember, go Cubs, go White Sox, go MLB. And remember, as the Cardinals come to town, Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer. Come on, baby, don't you want?
Chicago Come on 